Hey, Michaela. Yes, Warwick. Have you ever been caught out uh, not being present, you know, like <clears throat> someone's talking to you and you're checking social media or worse still, you're actually on the phone to somebody and you're not paying attention and, uh, you know, watching TV or something like that? Well, I'm just finishing this email. What'd you say? Oh, don't worry about it. Okay. Uh, yeah, it happens every day, but anyway. Um, alright. You ready? Welcome to the Tradies Business Show. Helping you get off the tools and into true business ownership. So you can spend more time doing the things that matter most. Now, here are your hosts, Warwick Bidwell and Michaela Clark. So, welcome to the Tradies Business Show. Michaela, are you with us? Uh, oh yeah, we're recording. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yep. Sorry. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. You're ready yeah. Now? Yeah. No. Yep. I'm. i here. Fully. Fully into you, Warwick. Right. In sorry. The... I didn't want to. Like I didn't want to distract you from what you were doing or anything. Oh uh, well, I was just cooking dinner, writing an email, and typing a text. But hey, I've got always got time for you. <laughs> now I know you're joking. <laughs> How was your holiday? You had a recent holiday, which has actually been the first one in two years that we've been working together. Yeah, that's bit... actually gone offline. You had no phone reception. It was like weird for me. But anyway, how was it for you? <laughs> it was weird because I wasn't pestering you every day with text messages and hey, what are we doing about this? And what did you want? What did you want me to do with that? It was fantastic, actually. Uh, first proper offline holiday. Hey, I reckon I've just coined a new term: offline holidays. Because mm. everyone has these online holidays where. They go on holidays, but they're still online. And I'm trying to convince one of my wingman clients to have – they're going away for a month from their business. It's a big occasion for these guys. But, you know, they're, they're feeling pretty ready. The business is in good shape. They've got some good systems in place. But the uh, the wife is telling me that, you know, she's still expecting to check her emails and stuff most days. And I said, well – why don't we set a goal of having you know, seven days offline or ten days offline so she actually gets a break? And you can just see the <laughs> almost the fear in her eyes of, what? Mm. Not, not check my stuff? And although it's – and they're going overseas, so there's not much they can do because um, they're leaving the country. But, yeah, it was just like this whole thing of – yeah, but I'll just check my emails and stuff. And I think we underestimate how much of an intrusion that really is. Because mm, I know when I go on holidays, I always think I'm going to do that. But actually when I get on holidays, the last thing I feel like doing is checking it. So I actually try not. And yeah. I I do get a bit funny about it, but actually doing it is anything work-related once you're in that zone is just the worst thing I could possibly be doing. Yeah. So, well, uh, it's mm. a habit I think we get into. I don't necessarily think many of us need to do that stuff. And I think it's also uh, having access to this technology and everything has probably made us a little bit sloppy and lazy because we don't organise ourselves, we don't get systems in place, we don't plan ahead before we go on holidays so that we can take a break. And although we go away from our house and our business, a lot of us end up just taking our work with us and 
it's not really what holidays are meant to be about. They're meant to be about taking a break. So, yeah, I felt great. Um, I went bush and I half deliberately did that so that I didn't have any mobile service because I'm just as bad as the next person. Um, but I actually got into a bit of a habit over – I was sort of gone for a bit over a week. Um, I got into the habit of not checking my phone and I'd sort of leave it lying around and I'd think, I went to leave my phone. Because I stopped looking at it for four or five days because it didn't actually do anything. And uh, then even when I got back, I kind of got out of the habit of checking my phone. And I must admit, it's been a couple of weeks now and I'm still I'm still not sort of surgically attached to my phone again yet. Well, good. Don't so go really back good. to that. And it's made me a bit more organized as well. You know, I check my emails back to sort of batching that up and – even telling people that are trying to contact me at sort of, you know, late in the evening or whatever, I've actually found myself saying to people, hey, thanks for the message. Um, I'll get back to you tomorrow. I'm just about to log off or clock off or have dinner or something. You know, I haven't allowed that to intrude on my space as much. Is that why you never answer any of my texts anymore? Oh, no, that's just <laughs> I don't like talking to you. <laughs> But I have noticed, I honestly have noticed that it takes, there is a big gap between replied texts to mine. Yeah. Which is good. Which is, I'm pleased that you're. Unless it's something urgent. Like if, if, you know, if you sent me a message and said, hey, um, we've got to get this article submitted by close of business today for a, you know, major publication or something, then I'd reply and say, what article? No. <laughs> but, you know, I'd get back to something that's urgent or if I've got a client having a meltdown or they need to get back to a, a potential employee or something, then I'll respond to that. And I respond to all my messages, yeah, I'll try and do within an hour or so. I think that's reasonable these days. Like, oh, all this- I think that's more than reasonable. I don't think, you know, someone contacts you, um, you know, don't expect an answer for a few hours. Even in a, like, years ago, you would be, a day or two before you'd hear from someone, and that was normal. And I guess technology's changed all that and expectations are much higher. But seriously, you know, you're not on call for everyone. You no, know? and I think our, our listeners might, some of them might be sitting there saying what I've heard from people before is, yeah, that's all well and good was, and, and Michaela, like you guys aren't having customers ring you up wanting quotes and wanting you to come out and look at their plumbing or their electrical or they need their car fixed or whatever. Um, and I get that and I, and I absolutely believe in fast response to people with their inquiries. But there are, you know, if you look at technology, it has actually given us some great tools to be able to do that stuff without us having to necessarily sacrifice our own life. And, I mean, you look at some of the marketing automation that we can set up with online bookings on websites and online inquiries, and lots of people make inquiries online these days. You can have some really cool automated responses go back that are personally worded, um, you know, very unique and um, and quite impressive for someone to get an instant reply back to a, a web inquiry saying, hey, thanks so much for your inquiry. We uh, we love our customers. Um, you know, someone will give you a call in the next 30 to 40 minutes to chat to you about your needs. And it's all about positioning people. I spoke about this um, in our tool live video 
on Wednesday night uh, last week, when, whenever it was. Anyway, it was recent for our Tradies Business Toolkit members. And just talking about the power of positioning statements and letting people know, hey, I've got your inquiry and I'll give you a call in three weeks or two hours or tomorrow. Mm. Uh, and so you tell people what's going to happen and sort of do it all professionally so that you don't get sucked into this idea that you have to get back to people within seven seconds or they're going to go to the next guy. Yeah. And, and, and it's all about setting expectations. Yeah. And, and you know what? If, if they're the sort of person that is going to go to the next guy because you took eight seconds to return their phone call, then uh, I'm pretty sure most people would have those horror stories of that customer that you went out of your way to help them, you got back to them quickly, you did seven quotes, you know, you stayed back late to meet with them or whatever, and they turned out to be a bloody nightmare customer. Mm. And I do agree, like, we do need to get back to people, um, you know, as quick as possible. And for some of our listeners, you know, that's taking the calls and doing all that and, and booking people in. Get that. What I get frustrated at is that non-urgent things or things that aren't a priority are eating up people's days. And so yeah. then they're working at night or they never have time. So I think that, you know, taking out the customer service and, yes, you can build in systems and, and things to help that. And, yep, sometimes you just need to take those calls and book them in. But you've got to understand that other people contacting you, that's on their time. That's their priorities, not necessarily yours. Exactly. And by batching that other stuff, um, will make all the difference. Like, you just gotta, you know, evaluate each contact point that you have coming in, whether it's phone, email, messenger, whatever. Is, is this right now the focus that I need to have on, or is it taking away from what I should be doing? You know, and if you don't need to be answering the calls and things like that and, and checking your email constantly, just get out of it. Turn off notifications. And I'm talking an hour or, it's not going to kill you, but I'd be I'd be shocked if you didn't see a really um, better increase in your productivity during that hour. You'd get more done. You'd get a better result because you're clear as the saying, you never have time and, and things like that during the day because you get so many interruptions. Well, you're allowing that to happen, and I think that you need to certainly set your team expectations around what you need to grow the business that's only going to benefit them as well. Absolutely. And, you know, we, we sort of hammed it up a little bit at the start of this episode with you being distracted, or at least I hope you were joking. It's not the first time you would have done that to me. But uh, <laughs> I, I know I'm guilty of having done the same thing in the past with my daughter um, and my now ex-wife of, Oh, I feel bad even confessing to this, but, you know, being more worried about an email that just came in on my bloody phone than my daughter showing me uh, an ant crawling along the ground because I just got into the false belief that those other things were more important, that, you know, retaining my clients and getting back to people and, you know, organizing my calendar and, all that sort of stuff was just so damn important that I, I then started to decrease the level of importance of other things like, 
you know, like that example of, of my daughter showing me a friggin' bug on the ground. And to her, that's the most important thing in her day. And she's seeking connection with me. And, you know, my ex-wife probably suffered a little bit of that um, over the years. And no doubt that contributed to uh, why she's my ex. But um, I wrote a blog about this uh, recently uh, about my dog. And, um, well, I don't know if our listeners know that I had my dog put down recently, but uh, it was a little while ago now. And I still miss my dog. He was a cool dog. He's my best mate. And, um, you know, we all know that, that pets and dogs in particular are just, they live presently. They live moment to moment. And so I'd come home uh, when I still lived with my uh, my ex and, you know, I'd come home and he'd bark and carry on. And most of the time, all I could think about was that he was making so much noise and I was frustrated because that was going to upset my wife at the time or, you know, wake my daughter up or whatever. And so I'd be quiet, you know, shut up. Uh, and I loved my dog and I sort of, I didn't treat him badly, but it was just that frustration with the interruption and, and occasionally I'd go out and give him a pat, but it wasn't until he got uh, cancer about 18 months ago and he had to have surgery and um, we thought we were going to lose him and and then uh, my wife and I split uh, around the same time and it really just kind of hit home to me that, holy crap, all this time I've been so focused on other stuff that I thought was really, really important. And, hey, it's still important stuff. You know, we've all got to run our businesses and keep our clients and find new ones and, and we all have to do those things. But seriously, for me to take three or five minutes out to have a wrestle with my dog um, was good for me and obviously good for the dog. But, you know, I really started to change that after I accepted the fact that he wasn't going to be around forever. Um, and after I split with my wife as well, you know, and I see my daughter much less now than I did before, I'm, I'm squeezing every moment out of my interactions with my kid um, and I did with my dog um, right up until I had to have him put down about four weeks ago. Uh, and so I was actually really grateful for the smack in the face that those pretty shitty situations gave me around just being present and being present with even with you now, Michaela, you know, like we're, we're recording an episode and rather than checking Facebook or even being tempted to have a look at Instagram or anything like that while we're recording, I'm sitting here staring at a wall. And, and, you know, being present with our listeners who are listening to this episode. And I don't know, perhaps they can tell the difference. I know I can tell the difference when someone's being present with me. Yeah. And uh, me their full attention. You know, and I've been experiencing a lot of this. You know, I'm guilty of it every day with the three kids and the businesses. And, you know, I'm offering cooking dinner, writing an email and talking to my child at the same time. Like, that's just chaos. But... You know, it really hit home to me the other day when my oldest son, who's 10 now, said, oh, I really love just, you know, sleeping with you, mum, because I just get your, I just get to chat to you. Hmm. You know, all he wants to do is have a chat to me. And it will be about things I have so not interested in. <laughs> it can be about a Star Wars something or he'll ask me, you know, who will win out of Batman and Superman you know, all the, the big life questions. But it really hit home the other day when he said, oh, you know, oh, my favourite thing in the world to do with Dad would be just to sit and watch a movie with him. Huh. And he said, I don't care what movie, 
that would just be the best day ever. And because my son loves his iPad, and he said, you know, I'd give up my iPad for that, which to him is a, is a big deal. Um, and when he watches a movie with my husband, which they do do, but just obviously not nearly enough, my son talks all the way through it. So <laughs> it can't be a movie that he wants to watch because he will just not talk, but he has his attention. Yeah. And he just wants to interact with him. And, you know, that nearly brought tears to my eyes. And my husband was like, oh, man, you know, I've really got to make more time out to do that. You know, it's such a simple thing as watching a movie. He didn't want to go to a theme park or go motorbike riding. He just wants to have dad to himself, you know, yeah. for an hour. Uh, and, you know, there's three boys in the house. They're getting our attention and just having us can be really hard. Um, but, you know, the kids absolutely love because we've discussed on the show, we have separate bedrooms, you know, uh, that they love to sleep in mum's room. And I don't like it. It drives me nuts anyway. <laughs> but what I've realised is it is that they have my sole attention. You know, there's nothing else besides me and them talking in bed. And they just get so excited. You can just see their whole temperament change. And it's just made me realise how we're not present. Just because we see them every day or we're home here, you know, I, I can't tell you how many times I've helped one of them with their homework while I've still been writing emails and having them sit next to me. And I think, what well, you know, we need to do this at the dining table. I need to be watching them, every word they write, you know, and just it's those little things that they'll look back on. And, you know, being more present with my husband, he absolutely hates it when I'm on the phone or a computer and talking to him. You know, he just wants to have a normal conversation with me. So I think it's just those little things that are going to make all the difference in our life and we're going to be more focused on what we're doing and produce better results and have more meaningful conversations and interactions than we would normally. And, you know, it's uh, there's a risk, I suppose, that we could get all misty-eyed and, and talk about this stuff in a way that, you know, our listeners might be sitting there thinking, yeah, well, that's great, and, and hopefully, you know, some of you are, can identify with, with these lessons perhaps or that you take something from this and change your day-to-day -day life. But even if you want to bring this back to purely a business focus and think about customers as people rather than dollars in the bank or sales or revenue or whatever. And I'm sure most of you listening do treat your customers really well. I'm not suggesting for a minute that, you know, you're all uh, um, taking for granted your clients and your customers and your staff. But I have to say in my travels as a consumer and as a, a business consultant and as a podcaster with you, Michaela, unfortunately, the norm is that people don't they're not present. Um, you know, I've dealt with trade businesses and, and uh, I've had to deal with a few organisations with, you know, I've, I've moved house recently and I've actually moved to a regional town. Um, for those that don't know, uh, I now live in Toowoomba. So uh, I had to get away from, from all the baddies chasing me. But uh, but in all seriousness, the thing, about, the thing I love about Toowoomba is people up here, um, they actually have the time for a chat. And you know, they're busy. They're running businesses. They're running busy trade businesses. 
there's a lot going on up here. There's, it's one of the fastest growing regions in the country at the moment. Um, but people here just still have some of those what get referred to as old-fashioned values where they will literally stop and take the time for a quick chat. And I'm only talking a few minutes. So it's not hours out of their day. But when I first moved here, it really struck me, and it was kind of a bit weird because these people were talking to me as, a, as one of their customers, everything from butchers to mechanics to, uh, you know, even the Telstra guy that came and hooked up my business broadband. Uh, everyone's up for a bit of a chat. They're a bit more polite. They're a bit more present, and it really does stand out, and it's it's some of that – good old-fashioned values that I think, you know, technology is fabulous and I love it and I'm waiting for my iPhone 7 Plus phablet thingy to turn up in the mail any month now because apparently there's a really long waiting list for these things. So you went the new one? Yeah, yeah. Side point, we had a big discussion about this. I was going to ask you what you finally decide on. I went the whole hog. I've gone for the the big daddy. Right. Um mainly because I'm getting older and my fat thumbs and my crap vision means I need a bigger screen. Uh, you'll never go back, believe me. <laughs> but, you know, it's it really does stick out. And so for me as someone who's lived, um, you know, on the Sunshine Coast and in Brisbane for years, it does stick out that, that connection that people make here. And I think all of us could do to actually implement a bit more of that in the way we talk to customers and I've ranted a lot, and so have you, Michaela, about crappy customer service experiences where, you know, it's funny, I was, I was back down the Sunshine Coast getting some warranty work done on my motorcycle at the, the dealer that I bought it from again recently, and it was kind of weird to go back there because, you know, I really experienced that detached indifference from the customer service people there. Mm, interesting. Already Is you're it- noticing it. You're getting Toowoomba-ized. I know. I'm turning turning into a country boy. <laughs> Bit slower up there, the mountain. But that's what, get up, you know. Get us... up, listeners from Toowoomba. <laughs> but, but that's it, you know. There's this perception that country people are slower. But that's like a good thing, you yeah, know. Yeah, because they take the time to connect with people. I think, I think a lot of the times, you know, the, the people that I associate with more so nowadays – They've just got their values and their priorities a bit bit more straight. Mm. They haven't fooled themselves into believing that, you know, replying to an email in four seconds is more important than giving your dog a pat because, you know, the dog will be dead one day and in my own situation, I, I see my daughter two or three days a week now instead of every day. And things change. People People come and go from our lives. Customers come and go and I think – we could all really just reassess our priorities and, and work out, well, what do we value the most? And it doesn't mean you have to make less money. It doesn't mean you have to run a smaller business. Um, in actual fact, I think it's the opposite, Michaela. Mm. I think it gives us the opportunity to, to run a better business because people really want that stuff these days. Customers want to be, you know, they want to think that you give a crap about them. That's it. And I think you're – this will help you be more focused, you know, and so you're actually going to produce more and better outcomes and feel better about yourself and it will just have a flow-on impact in all areas of your life. Yep. 
So yep. I think it's about this week getting out of this, you know, to maybe pay attention to those moments in their life where they're not fully present, when they're doing something, you know, doing two things at once. Look at me, I'm so great, I can multitask. But it's actually, you know, just starting to make yourself aware because once you come aware of it and start that practice, you'll start noticing it more and then you'll start hopefully doing it less. And and you'll be more productive anyway. We, we know it's been proven that batching tasks is much more efficient and effective than multitasking. Multitasking is a crock. Yep. It's, it's a load of crap we got sold years ago and they've studied it and they've shown that multitasking reduces decision-making quality, it reduces effectiveness, it reduces productivity. And so, you know, part of it is we've been stitched up by technology companies and software companies to believe that multitasking is what we need to do mm. so that they sell more devices to help us do more things all at once. And that's why Google's investing in driverless cars so you can be on the internet more. Yep. So. Because you can't, you can't focus on more than one thing at once. You can, you can do more than one thing at once, but you can't give your focus and attention to more than one thing at once. And so, you know, you try having a, a, a proper connected conversation with a customer while the telephone's ringing and a staff member is standing there waiting to ask you a question. Mm. Just won't happen. You can't do it. And yeah. everybody notices. The customer notices. You know, the staff member gets frustrated and the person at the other end of the phone waiting for it to get answered gives up. Mm. So you've got you've to have a look at how can you give the attention to each task or person or whatever that it not only deserves but requires for you to get the results that you want. I mean, this, it really is a results-based thing as well. So anyway, I'm sure we could wax lyrical about this all day, Michaela. Yes, we could, but we must go and be present in our lives. <laughs> I'm feeling very philosophical after my uh, my time in the bush. Yes. Well, that's good. I'm glad you've uh, come back feeling refreshed and had some great <laughs> on life so that's it that's it from me that's it from you huh yeah that's it we're done that's all we're talking about today cool bye have a good one cool happy with that yep that's like you've been listening to the tradies business show with Warwick Bidwell and Michaela Clark want to get off the tools into true business ownership Find out how at tradiesbusinessshow.com.